Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 76. Man, we're, we're, we're closing in on 100 episodes, and that's an exciting thing. I We got to find some cool thing to do for a hundred episodes. You know what I'm saying? We got to do something explosive. Um, like, a, like a whole episode. That's like a musical or something. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm not going to do that. Don't get too excited about that. Everybody. Okay. I kind of want to get into this because we got a lot of material to cover today. My guest today is a good friend of mine. She is the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries, and she is also the founder of the or co-founder of the Speak Life Project. Let's give it up for my guest today, Krista Elisha. Yay! What up? Hey! Welcome back. So I actually think that musical thing would be pretty cool. Um, I, I have a feeling, though, that if you did it, it would have to be in the form of like 80s big hair love ballads. Yeah, it would have to be like, like yeah, we'd have to do like a rock opera or something like that. <laughs> yes, it would be yeah. epic. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Um, okay, so before we get started, you had made a post, I think it was yesterday, kind of celebrating the two-year anniversary of the Hot Mess Express. Was it <laughs> yes. Right? That's Okay, that's when you know somebody is actually my friend because that's what I call the no one left behind video is yeah. the hot mess express. So that's I I don't know when you posted that. For those that don't know, two years ago she had posted a video, she felt prompted to go on a run, and you just got had a radical encounter with the Lord and you did you live stream it or did you pre-record it? I pre-recorded it. I yeah. had actually after that encounter, I was so rocked. I knew that I was supposed to record it. So I tried to record it for myself and my phone glitched twice mm. and like, I completely lost the recording and I'm like, okay, God, I thought you wanted me to record it. And he said, I never said it was for you. And I mm. knew instantly that I was supposed to record it and put it on my, uh, Facebook page. So I did. And it was like really the most vulnerable I think I've ever been in my whole life. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. But I'm so glad that I listened and obeyed because that was really, um, I mean, that video has gone around the world. It has 16 million views to date just on Facebook. That's not yeah. on any of the Crazy. other platforms. Yeah. Um, it's, I've, I still am getting testimonies from it and people that ended up getting saved or truly like they thought they were saved and they weren't, um, that totally surrendered their lives to God. Um, people that, uh, had never even heard the gospel before mm -hmm. people that got set on fire, uh, for the first time, whole mm -hmm. families getting set free and baptized and mm -hmm. just amazing, amazing wow. stuff. And then that's really what God wow. used to, to launch my public ministry. So, mm -hmm. and then do you well, know what yeah. else? This week, last year was my anniversary of being on Elijah streams for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. That's it crazy. This week I was like, wow. God. Yeah. I remember that. And God had you sing at the end. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of musicals, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, which you don't have a bad voice, so that at least you you have that going for you. But Amen. you know, it's not, you know, 
that was one of those death to self moments mm -hmm. too. But know? I think, you know, that video um, that you released, um, the Lord had you released is, I mean, it's definitely that level of um, transparency, uh, humility has kind of marked your ministry. And just the time that I've known you, you very much so are that you're incredibly transparent, honest, uh, truthful about who God is. You don't spice it up for the sake of making it sound more wow. I mean, these things just kind of follow your ministry is, is, is those wow things. Anybody that's, you know, been a part of, of any event you've done can testify to that, I think. Um, but I was, man, it's just amazing. Like God is amazing. Like what God does like what he's done, even just these two years in your life. And I, I, I saw that post you made and I was just like, immediately was just like in awe of just like what God can do, um, for people, um, who are, who are patient, who are obedient, um, you know, who aren't trying to force something, but are being patient with the Lord and following his leading. Like that's a testimony in and of itself. Um, wow. Just as faithfulness. You. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. actually like, I'm getting choked up over here. Cause I've I've recently had some like really crazy false accusations come against me mm -hmm. that try to say the exact opposite. And um I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. It it still is like heartbreaking. Um yep. one, because people that come into agreement with the accuser of the brethren, they just I, I really do feel sorry for them because they, and most of the time it's our brothers and sisters in Christ and they think okay. that they're doing God some kind of service mm -hmm. um, when actually they're being a mouthpiece for the enemy. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole backstory to that one video. And that backstory was um, for years, you know, the, I was getting prophetic words about God using me on a major scale and having a very large platform. And, um, I, at first, you know, I went through this whole season of maturing where, um, God really stripped me of any desire I had to be in ministry. I, uh, I literally got to a place where I'm like, okay, God, I don't ever care if I hold a microphone and take up an offering at my local church. Like, I don't care if anyone ever knows my name. I just want you, Jesus. And it was really when I got to that place and I was totally satisfied just having him that he said, okay, now you're, you're ready for everything that I want to give you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, speaks really should speak to anybody out there that's watching that, you know, maybe you do have really, profound prophetic words over your life, or God has really, you know, shown you, um, pictures of your future and how he wants to use you in a big way, but he will not use anybody in a big way that does not have the character to uphold, um, the weightiness of what he wants to put on your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, that's something that I always pray is God, please don't ever give me influence um, so much influence that I will cause injury to the bride of Christ or where, um, I would ever be tempted to steal your glory. I mean, even thinking mm. of that, it literally makes me sick. Oh, same. And, um, it's crazy because 
I, I still don't even have business cards. Like the Lord told me not to have business cards. I'm not, when I go out and I street evangelize, I'm not even allowed to tell people my name. Mm. <laughs> you know, he said, use the Jesus model. And the Jesus model was Jesus would heal people and perform miracles. And then he would say, you know, don't, he would tell the person that got healed, don't tell anybody who I am, you know? And then, but his fame spread and it, it's that low road. Um, that, that we as ministers and really as people of God need to walk in on, cause it's not us anyway. We're just, we're just little teapots, you know? Um, mm -hmm. or I think of myself as a violin, actually, <laughs> um, I'm just a little fiddle and without the musician or the music maker, I'm just collecting dust, you mm -hmm. know, he's. I want everything that comes out of my life to be his sound, you know, mm. his, his, his heart released over anybody that, that I speak to. So thank you so much for that. That was actually a prophetic word, like right to me. And I really awesome. needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe the haters people. I know Krista personally, she's a good friend of mine. It's bogus. It's bogus. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, let's get into this word. Cause there's a lot, a lot here. Um, and we'll just kind of see where the Lord takes it. Um, but you released a word on June 5th. So yes. not that long ago. Uh, right. and it's about a new chapter for the church. So just take it away. Yeah. So I was actually at the arise women's summit. Our very first one in Tennessee is like right outside of Knoxville. And I was praying in preparation for the service that day. And the Lord took me into this really cool encounter in the library of heaven. And it was not what I was expecting in the moment at all. You know, um, I'm thinking that he was going to give me some kind of download on something to preach or release. But instead, I'm in the library of heaven and it's crazy. There's these huge books, like gigantic. I mean, like I felt like Alice in Wonderland when she was mm -hmm. like shrunk down. Yeah. And um, they made this spiral staircase that went up into like this shimmering cloud of glory the books, and I knew, the books did yeah the books made a spiral staircase it was really cool and so um there's a lot i know that a lot of my prophetic words they're really long i ha i ex i expand some things because i want people to get certain nuggets of revelation whenever i see a spiral i always think of cycles i think of seasons and i think of dna and i think of jacob's ladder so mm you know, ascending and descending, um, you know, the hill of the Lord or going up to, to meet with God and, and to meet in his throne room and then to bring whatever you get up there back down to earth. So I'm invited to walk up these stairs and, or these books, staircase, bookcase, and I'm paying attention to the titles that are on the books. And there were some titles that were like chapters or epistles um, from the Bible and from the Torah even and the books of the prophets. And then there were other books that were um, like they were journals or they were captain's logs. Uh, some were testimonial accounts or biographies that were written by some of the old like. Celtic mystic saints and some were of, you know, the old 
school healing revivalists like A.A. Allen. There was Mariah Woodworth Etter, her book, Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And then there were some other people that I've never even heard of, but I knew that they were people that did exploits. Like these were these were records of people's lives that had given their entire life to Jesus and um and to God and giving birth to God's plans and his mind and his heart and his will for the earth. And so there's so much power in that as I'm just climbing to the top. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit recite, um, it was John 21, 25, and it was where John said, I suppose that if all of the uh, acts of Jesus were recorded, there wouldn't be uh, enough room on earth to hold all the books. Mm-hmm. And I got this wild revelation that like, our books, those books of Jesus' acts are still being wrote, but they're being wrote by us mm-hmm. because Jesus yeah. said, greater works will you do um, because I go on to be with my father, right? So that was really cool. That is really cool. And then I get to the top and there is a gigantic door and I really did feel like Alice in Wonderland, except it was more like signs in Wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. And there was like this holy reverence, like at this door is really interesting. Um, My, one of my spiritual mamas, her name is Susan. She sent me a message today and said that the Lord revealed to her today that it was a day of twos. And I see your little you know, clock behind you. It's so, cause six is two, 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 22, two, two. <laughs> and two is, it's about keys. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just prophetically releasing this, that guys, all of you that are on here listening, you are actually going to get keys to step into this new chapter and to be one of the heroes that are mentioned in the library of heaven, because Mm -hmm. there are books and destiny scrolls about each one of our lives. And we're in a season where it is all hands on deck. Like everybody has a story, you know, um, for his glory, not for Mm -hmm. our own, but for his. Mm -hmm. And so listen for the keys and maybe take notes. There might be something that I say that God wants you to take notes on. Um, so, oh, also taking, having a, a blank piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And it's is, 22 right now, your time. Oh, it is you guys. Come on now. It's and not then, my yeah, time. Two so plus I, two plus two is six. Check it out. <laughs> um, okay. but yeah, Having a blank piece of paper and a pencil or a pen, that's an act of faith, you guys. So th- you are you are sitting before the Lord expectant that he's going to speak to you. That's that's an act of faith. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy because I didn't even realize that it was 222. Mm. <laughs> Your time, that's nuts because it's 522 my time. But anyway, so I get to this door and I just realized like, it's a very sacred place and you could feel it. You can feel the fear of the Lord. Um, and I look up at this huge like plaque that's on the door. And I mean, the doorknob was like the size of my head and it had a huge golden key in it, but the door was open. And that was kind of what was interesting to me is that it was open, like just a crack. And so all this 
light was coming through the crack in the door. And I knew that the Lord was saying that that this was available to the church very soon. Like it wasn't something that we had to unlock or we had to contend for. This was something that was already, um, it was already open and it was waiting for us to step into. And I see this big plaque and the plaque says the book of acts. And, um, there was some more revelation with that. And you can go to my page or I think Elijah list might be publishing the word like later in the week or something for all the juicy little details, but for the sake of time. Um, yeah, we are going to. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you guys can catch it there. But um, I heard the Lord say that he said, I'm turning the page for my governing body, the ecclesia. The church is now crossing into a new chapter. This is a sacred transition, and it will be known as the book of Acts for the millennial generation. Hmm. And so uh, I feel the Holy Ghost saying that. Another thing that's really interesting is that after the Lord spoke this to me, um, he and I've just been praying into it. He's been speaking to me about Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year that's coming up. And that's going to be in September. And in Rosh Hashanah, they call it the closing of the books and the opening of a new book for a new year. And so it's time like the Jews will spend that time over Rosh Hashanah Um meditating on their year and praying the Torah and um, repenting and then asking God for um, for the new story um, or what what got for God's books in heaven to be opened up over their life. So that was really interesting too. So that's coming in September. So we're like right on the cusp, guys. So I really believe that that is going to be a timeline for when we really see this prophetic word like come into full swing. Um, and so I walked into, I felt invited to walk into the book of Acts and I was really just kind of overwhelmed um, because <laughs> I was taken from the library in heaven to the upper room in Israel uh, with 120 people waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so you were seeing like history. I was actually watching history and mm -hmm. um, it was like I stepped into the book, you know, mm -hmm. um, I stepped into that that chapter, uh, in the book of acts. And I've actually, I've been to Israel and I've been to, uh, what they say is the upper room or what the upper room might've looked like back then. Um, and it was <laughs> actually what's interesting is I know the book of acts says that it was like nine in the morning when, um, they ended up like toppling out of the room and everybody thought that they were drunk, but it was actually the, like the first watch, it was like really early in the morning when that outpouring happened. And that meant that all of the people that were there in the upper room, they must've stayed up all night long. Like they were taking watches, prayer vigils, 
um, to wait for this promise of the Father, and nobody wanted to miss it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And um, I saw just how sad and like how afraid and how desperate a lot of these people were in the upper room uh, that ended up receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And, you know, you look around and you see like, Peter, who had betrayed Jesus three times and, you know, the other ones who completely deserted him. And what was crazy is I had this understanding that the ones that were there in the upper room, like there were 500 that watched Jesus ascend, right? And he said, go into Jerusalem, go and wait for the promise of the father. Like, don't leave until you get this power from on high. There were 500 that heard him say that, yet there was only 120 that actually listened and obeyed, that waited it out. And the Lord showed me that it was the 120 that were really dead. Like they had nothing else to live for. You know, like their Messiah had been crucified. He was gone. You know, people were coming to find and and murder the the believers, the followers of Jesus. Like they really had nothing to live for. They were really dead to themselves. And so they were willing to wait, you know, cause that was all that they had to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I literally felt, uh, this, it felt like a sonic blast go off in the room and this gushing wind, like a tornado entered. And I saw fire that, it wasn't red flames. It actually almost looked like prismatic color um, and bright, like blue fire come down and it separated into 120 different flames and then rested on each person's head in the upper room. And um, they all looked like I'm looking at all of them and they looked like they were candles on a cake. It was the craziest thing. And then they all start like busting out in all sorts of different languages. And, and then there was crying and there was weeping and then there was spontaneous deliverance. I mean, it was like a bomb went off in the room. Mm. And then after hours of that, then the drunken glory came on them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they started experiencing the euphoria of what it felt like to be one with God in spirit again, back to where, you know, sin had not entered just like Adam and Eve experienced before the fall, that union with God. And it was, that is life. And these people that went from being cowards, you know, one minute were all of a sudden filled with so much courage that they didn't care if they got killed. They didn't care if they were martyred. They came out of hiding and, you know, Peter stood up and he preached that infinite infamous message where 3000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Um, and how wild it was. And it's interesting to me that it wasn't like 
judgment or like, you know, the fear of the Lord necessarily that the upper room church was manifesting in that moment. It was literally the pleasures of God Mm. because they're like, you're drunk, you know, because they were acting drunk and inebriated. And he's like, no, this is the promise. Like, that was prophesied and they're not even talking about the Psalms that talk about experiencing pleasure, um, in God's presence. There's euphoria at his right hand forevermore in Psalm 16. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not even taught. He didn't talk about that. They didn't quote David. They quoted Joel too, about the promise of the outpouring. Mm -hmm. So there's something to that too. There's something about being so full of God's spirit, so intoxicated by his love and by his goodness that it becomes a sign and a wonder in a dark world. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really quick. Um, we got a comment from Patty. Um, and this is something I feel like is a good place to insert this into because it's fresh. Um, mm-hmm. She said, I don't understand how these experiences happen. Like the one that you, you're explaining that you had, Krista. Um one has to be special to uh, to have experiences like this. I have been praying for a long time and never can get there. Maybe striving too much. I don't know. So I'll say something really quick and then I'll let you say your piece. Um, I, I didn't have experiences. I, I haven't had an experience like this, but I've had measurable progress in the experiences that I've had. And one of the things, and I'm not saying that in the, in the case with Patty, this, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying for myself, it wasn't until I began to seek him for the sake of seeking him, not for, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get an experience, just seeking him. It wasn't me chasing the, and yeah, like sometimes the flesh can get in the way and you have to get that out of the way and be like, no, I'm, I'm seeking him because I love him. I'm seeking him because I want to be with him not for any kind of experience. And I've even resolved within myself, if I never had another experience like insert, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because God, God is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of my service to him, regardless of any kind of experience. Okay. Krista go. Yeah. Nailed it. That's, that's really the secret right there is Mm -hmm. that when I have these kind of experiences. I'm not asking for an experience. I'm not asking for an encounter with anybody, but with Jesus. And they're not something that I initiate. They're something that he initiates. Mm -hmm. And every encounter that you have with Jesus is going to lead you into a, a deeper understanding of your identity as a child of God. He is a family man and um, everything that he does, he does in relationship. And so uh, for me, I never asked for these experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I just asked to know him and or to know what's on his heart. Most of the time when I'm praying, I actually spend the majority of my time in worship. Like just adoration, just devotion, mm-hmm. just thanking him and loving on him yeah, and then asking him to renew my mind and my heart. But I don't yeah. ever go seeking an experience. Well, and the funny part is that when I went up to heaven uh, back in December, guys, I was laying down for a nap. All right. Like I, I literally like was going to go lay down for a nap. That That's all I was doing. I wasn't like you know, getting prayed up and doing intercession and doing communion and like read the Bible for five hours. And like, I literally was going to take a nap because I wanted to take a nap. And then 
my head hit the pillow and boom, I was there. And, um, like I, I was, I never went to sleep. I, all I did was lay down and then all of a sudden, boom, but I was, I, that was not even on my radar. So I would say, yeah, like make him the goal. He's the goal. Yes. And we have him like, like we have access to him right now. And that's like an amazing thing. And, and I feel like Satan comes in and tries to like comparison tries to show us different things. If I never have a wild encounter, like the one that you just had, like, Oh, cool. Okay, fine. You know, like I'm going to have plenty in heaven, (laughs) you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the big thing. And so, and I actually, when God started giving me these encounters, it sort of freaked me out Mm -hmm. Um, because I wasn't seeking an encounter. I had an angel show up who was an angel of transfiguration who actually offended me. And, um, he said, everything's about to change now. And, um, literally I just started in my time of, of adoration and just loving on Jesus. Love, love is the conduit for everything. Cause God is love. And in my heart's desire to just want to be closer to him, he would draw me, you know, and then what would happen is he draws you up and then he starts revealing his heart for people or for places to you. And in some kind of weird, crazy, cosmic way, he wants us to partner with him in releasing his will towards the people that he loves. Mm -hmm. So for years, he would take me up in the atmosphere and uh, above the nation, and he would have me walk over the East Coast. I would literally walk all from, from Oregon, all the way down to California and Texas and walk back up the mountain ranges and everything over and over again with Jesus. And he would just have me pray in tongues and release, um, waves of love over that region. And then, and this is before anybody knew me, um, you know, and I'm just alone in my prayer closet, having fun with Jesus in the secret place. And then now the majority of my ministry and my following is from that region, Hmm. you know, um, Jeff, you're, you're in Oregon, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's interesting how Jesus does things. His ways are not our ways. So just seek him, man. And above all else, seek him. And then everything else will be added to you. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't don't have to seek it out. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be like, Oh God, I want, I want to see that. Like, God, if it's, if it's something that you, you want for me, like, I, I want that, but I'm never trying to muster that, right? You know, I'm never trying to muster the, the, whatever it is and try and conjure it up, uh, by how hard I'm praying in the moment or how it's just him. And, and, um, Ivana Tia, who we've had on the show, and she's also been on Elijah streams. She's talked about the times that she's been up to heaven. All she does is just, she focuses in on just praying in tongues slowly getting herself in a place of maybe she'll put on soaking music or something like that. But then she just prays in tongues slowly. And the reason why is because she doesn't want to feel like she's conjuring anything up by like how hard she's praying in the spirit. Mm -hmm. She just is very slow in, in, in doing it. And then sometimes God takes her up. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, um, sometimes she just has a great, like just as aware of his presence. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with desiring those things, but no. All that to say with Patty, being let this be an encouragement to you, not a discouragement and just saying like, oh, you're just telling me to 
just seek him. I've there's never been one time in my life where seeking the Lord just to seek him, I've regretted. So yeah, that's, that's like the best thing anybody can do. Even if you don't have an answer to something, seek his presence, seek his face, be in his presence. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's even times what's interesting is the Lord, he will (laughs) like, I've had, um, a friend of mine, like in a season of like the Lord really, you know, testing her, not tempting her, testing her, um, for something else that he wanted to give her. Um, an angel would come in and, you know, would kind of interrupt what she was doing. And a lot of people will stop to engage the angel. And she straight up stopped and looked at the angel and she said, excuse me, I'm not here for you. I'm here to meet with Jesus. And like Jesus walked in the room and like called her into ministry. Hmm. Like, you know, so there are things like that. We, we have to make sure that he is the most focused of our hearts. And, um, the other thing too, that I love about when God gives me the opportunity to share these testimonies is that if this, if, uh, the testimony or if the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, what does that mean? It means that when we share our testimonies, we're actually prophesying into the lives of those who are listening about what Jesus wants to do in their lives Mm -hmm. with the same authority and power. That's great. So just you listening to testimony opens up a miracle door for you to walk into the same kind of encounters as you seek him first. Because mm-hmm. if you're going in seeking an encounter, you're doing the same thing that witches and warlocks do. Mm, whoa. <laughs> They're going whoa. in. It's true. I mean, I'm just going to lay it out there like that because I don't have time to mince meat any words mm-hmm. and I'm really sick of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So and the church is really ignorant on on how often they operate in witchcraft because they're after the lust of the flesh and um after experience or power mm. or whatever it is and they're not after Jesus. Yeah. And um so any time I'm trying to even manipulate or stir up something it within my own doing it's it's witchcraft it's not the Lord. Mm. So just putting that out there. But yes, um, if anybody feels conviction on that, honestly, the best course of action is to repent. And that's it. Like, I mean, we've heard, you know, plenty of people talking about the, the process of like, God doesn't even recall those things. When we repent, he doesn't even recall those things. So again, don't let the, the enemy come in and be like, shame on you, shame on you. Um, when you've repented of sin, Kat Kerr said this, and I was like, I got to write this down. When we repent of sin, the only person who reminds us of that past sin we repented from is the devil. Plain and simple. So be encouraged. Any of you that may be in this moment, maybe in a lot of distress, you don't need to be like, repent. Yeah. Like just take a chill pill, repent. And, and then God is amazing. He's amazing. Yes. I mean, and guys, that's the thing. And that's my heart is that like, you know, we don't know until we know. Right. And so like there are a lot of this stuff that I speak about, or even if I sound, you know, really convicting about it's because it's stuff in my, my own heart, my own life 
that Jesus has had to course correct me on. And so um, long story short, like why doesn't, why don't those experiences happen? Um, I don't know. I'm not Jesus. Um, I think that it's really important for us to go to the Lord and to have those conversations with him and to just know that what is available to me is also available to you because it's just Jesus. And sometimes there's a process in getting from point A to point B, but that's very unique for each one of us. Mm. So, but um, yeah. getting back to the book of Acts. Yes. So, so the tongues, that they, they landed on everybody and they looked like a birthday yes. cake because they were all candles. Yes. <laughs> Little bit of candles. Yes. And what was wild? So I'm looking and all everything that Jesus had. And like, you have to understand it. I'm like getting supernatural download. Like nobody's speaking to me, but the spirit is, is revealing information to me. Kind of like you would get a word of knowledge, I guess. Realize that the gospel, um, became extremely real to them in this, this instant, meaning that all the teachings that Jesus had given them while he was on earth, specifically talking about his father and about the kingdom and about family, about, you know, who are my brother and sister? It's those who do the will of my father in heaven. Like they got this revelation because see the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. And they would know that kingdoms were literally royal families and that the lineage, it was about a royal lineage that was passed down to sons and daughters. And so they received the spirit of adoption back into royal lineage when they received the Holy Spirit. And they understood that in order to receive their entire inheritance as co-heirs in Christ, they had to accept the sufferings of Christ as their own. So in words, they knew that they had to themselves just as Christ had done for them. You know, Jesus gave his life for his bride and his all on the cross. He poured out his all and he gave his best by sending the Holy Spirit. And so the only proper response for them and really for us to do that same thing is to give our all and our best back to him. I asked, you know, I asked Jesus one time, Jesus, he was teaching me about the power of the blood and he showed me that one drop of his blood could have done the work that was needed to redeem all of humanity and, and creation from the curse of sin. Um, but so I'm asking him, well, Jesus, if that's the case, why did you bleed out? Like, why did you go through all of that and, um, and die then? And he said, because he said, if I were only to give one drop of my blood, then it would only be required of you to give a small portion of your life in return. He said, but I gave my life in exchange for your life. And so that's the requirement. I gave my all because I wanted all of you. Mm. So good. And that rocked me. It still, it still rocks me. Um, mm. And I just love Jesus. So then 
he also began so then all of the, the the book of acts it started to like fast forward right help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com slash donate and become a partner today and as it was fast forward saw how all these different people that were all touched that were all brought into the kingdom and baptized of the holy spirit and fire and this understanding of their belonging and the family of god and having a kingdom assignment to advance an eternal kingdom that wasn't of this world they all became part of the volunteer army of god and a volunteer is actually a, a um what you call it, a military term for somebody who willingly enlists. Um, And they do it because, and a lot of times they end up paying uh, to be a part of a campaign or giving up something uh, because what they're doing is for a moral purpose or a moral, uh, something that's uh, much bigger than them, right? And so all these people were willing to give up their lives for Jesus because he had given up their lives or his life for them. And then they also were willing to give up their lives for their brothers and their sisters because Christ had done it for them too. And they all found what they used all of their skills, um, the kingdom to serve the Lord. And many of them, they sold everything they had so that nobody went without. I mean, it was radical generosity that the world had never seen before. You know, there was no such thing as welfare. There was no such thing as ministries for widows and orphans. You know, there, there were no um, homeless shelters, right guys? Like they, they would beg on the streets there was nobody to care of the disenfranchised. And it wasn't until the birth of the church and this spirit of volunteerism in them, these people that were willing to give up their lives for something that they believed in, amen, that they gave all they had to actually benefit these disenfranchised ones and to build the kingdom ultimately to bring people into the knowledge of who God was as a good and a extremely generous father. And um, seeing that and how each one of these believers, they were all serving wherever they were called and wherever they could. And they were happy to do it. They were not complaining about doing it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Krista, the season that my bride is walking into will be known as the book of Acts for the millennial generation. And the Mm. spirit of volunteerism uh, or the spirit of volunteerism is going to fall on my army again. And they will give up their comforts and offer up to me the gifts and talents that I gave them so they may go about doing good and destroying the works of darkness. I am releasing mantles, mandates, and destiny scrolls for my people to find their place of enlistment in my time your army. They will be the company who will usher in my glory, and with my glory will come the billion soul harvest. This is my will, so that my house be full, and so I might receive the full reward of my suffering. And, you know, really, like, 
the <laughs> the spirit of volunteerism is the antidote for an entitled generation. I mean, we live in an extremely entitled generation. And when you look at the history of our nation, our nation was and look guys, I I'm yes, I uh, I'm not political. I am but I do love my country. And I mm-hmm. love my country because the United States of America was a pro- is a prophetic picture of what the new Jerusalem is supposed to look like. Everything in our founding documents was all based on biblical principles and all of the laws that, you know, we have been following since the inception of our nation were all preached from the pulpit by a pastor that read the Bible before it was ever instituted into our law and into our culture. Like I love um, the history of our nation and I love what our nation stands for. And um, when you look at the history of our nation, you see, and specifically during key points in our history, you see the spirit of volunteerism being released um, Mm -hmm. over the leaders of that time period. So, you know, George Washington, whose birthday was 2-20, and it's a day of twos today, um, he served two terms, and he never received payment or recognition um, as being the founding, you know. Um, You see Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King Jr. and these incredible people who were believers that rose up during the civil rights movements and, um, you know, began to make waves for equality in our nation. Or my God, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he was literally assassinated because mm-hmm. he, he was fighting to end slavery in our country. And that, that too, that's the spirit of volunteerism. I'm going to give my life so that if for a greater cause, you know, um, and our generation, like we don't know about that. We have been so inundated with comforts and yeah. with fleshly ple- pleasures. We don't know what poverty is. We don't know what persecution is. Um, you know, we don't, <laughs> a lot of millennials think that if I, if somebody speaks something that they're offended by because they don't agree with it, that it's violence, you know, like, come on, like it's, yeah. this is, we're not entitled to anything. <laughs> like everything that we have is a beautiful gift from God, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, really what needs to be done in our generation to overcome what's happening right now has to be a sovereign move of God. And so I'm really excited about this because this spirit of volunteerism is the antidote for this entitlement. Mm -hmm. And um, so the other thing, I really believe that the Lord in that his covenant with America has never changed. It's never wavered. 
rainbow is all about. What's what he's been teaching me a lot about the rainbow and about what exactly it all means and even all the colors and everything. I'm not going to get into that. People will ask a million questions. I'm going to do a teaching on it later. But yeah, um, it's really fun though. But when you look at a rainbow from heaven's perspective, it's actually a ring. And the Lord showed me, he said, this is my eternal, my ongoing promise to my people, right? To the world and to my people. Each color of the rainbow actually represents one sevenfold spirits of God. And it with him, it's his nature. It's a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. The reason why it looks like an arch down here on earth, God is always inviting humanity into that unending covenant with him. And when we founded our nation, we made a covenant with God, but our nation and, and really wicked leaders, they took our nation off course. Blessings of God turned into idols, just like Israel. And here we are you know, a couple hundred years later and we're in a mess and, um, God is asking his people to recovenant themselves back to him. And so what does that look like? And I, you know, I'm asking God what that looks like. And it literally means getting rid of mixture and getting rid of compromise. Mm. And he said, Chris, he said, look, the, if, my people constantly cry out. They say that they want to see the book of Acts miracles, yet they are not willing to live a book of Acts lifestyle. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, the book of Acts believers sold it all. They were dead to themselves. Believers nowadays do not know how to kill their flesh so that they can experience the true power of my resurrection on the inside of them. He -hmm. said to those without mixture, I will give my spirit without measure. And so we can't be, you know, in the modern day church of America, we think it's like, Oh, say this sinner's prayer, you know, and, you know, I love you, Jesus. I'm going to worship you and I'm going to spend time in Bible study, but I'm not ever actually going to do anything for you. I'm just going to expect everything from you. And that's not the way this thing works. (laughs) It is like, Hey, he died. us. like, you need to be sold out without compromise. It's not about what I want for my life. Actually, let me be honest with you. The reason why I believe God has blessed my life so much is because I, I really died when I gave life to him in that tent with a needle in my arm. I had, I mean, me trying my own life was obviously a massive flop. I didn't know how to do it. And I knew, I knew that either, either I was going to die of a drug overdose or I had to learn how to live different. And the only way that I, because I had no idea who I was and I had no idea what healthy or normal looked like. Um, all I knew was that I needed Jesus to tell me how to live. I've never gone to him and said, it would be my dream to be on Elijah list, you know, 
or God, it would be my dream to go preach revival underneath a tent. You know, I've never asked God for any of those things. I've said, be it unto me, Lord, as you say, what did you say I was made for? What do you say you're calling me to? What do you say is required of me? Not what I want, God. What do you want from me? And that is how I have even the hidden desires of my heart that I didn't even know I had, like being on the Elisha list mm-hmm. or like seeing God pour out his spirit in a tent revival meeting. Um, those things, like I never asked him for, I didn't even know that they were in my heart. He mm-hmm. answered my dreams as I allowed him to be the author of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I really, you know, I guess one of the biggest keys, the biggest takeaway from this encounter and how the Lord you know, said, he's like, I'm releasing this because I'm calling an end time army to rise up in the power of my resurrection, which means they have to be dead because, you know, just like Paul said, he said, I uh, claim to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified that I might share in his sufferings, then know the full power of his resurrection life working through me. That's where we have to be. You know, we have to be a people that when persecution and trial and heartache and slander and, you know, whatever happens, are we going to be that says, you know what? I'm dead anyway. (laughs) You can't offend a dead person. It's true. You, you know, like, and then that's when we're going to experience the radical, crazy resurrection power of God, the same power mm. that rose Jesus from the dead, the same power that rose, you know, Dorcas from the dead and, and these other people in the book of Acts, the same kind of power that when the snake bit Paul, you know, he shook it off and the people that were standing there started worshiping him because they thought he was a god. Yeah. That kind of, can you imagine walking in that kind of power where you've got to warn people like, don't worship me, man. I am not a god, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the power of God is bursting out of you. I mean, and that's available to us if we will continue to just submit our lives, surrender our lives afresh. And and sometimes for me, that really means like picking up my cross daily, you know, where like I'll be in prayer and I'll be like, God, perfect example um, with my hot mess express running video. Like up until that day, guys, like there was not one person on the face of the earth aside from my husband and my children that had ever seen me look like that. Okay. In public. I was a hairstylist. I am known. Look, like you don't get business if you don't be put together as a cosmetologist. Okay. And to be that vulnerable, I never wanted a, a media ministry I still, when I do videos, I have to 
talk myself down off of a ledge, <laughs> you know, and ask Jesus to come and just take over for me because it makes me really uncomfortable. But yeah. he knows why he made me. I don't, mm -hmm. when God calls you and he commissions you, you don't get to tell him where he's going to send you. You know, yeah. um, and, and then when you listen and you obey, you never regret it because mm -hmm. he always shows up so big. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, so I just, I really felt like, you know, today, some of us, and I know for me, I really had to lay my life back on the altar. You know, William Seymour, the guy that, uh, you know, he was really the guy that initiated the Azusa Street Revival. Um, I really admire that guy because, I mean, they were in socioeconomic um, distress at the time the nation was in. The Chicago earthquake had just happened and hundreds of people had died. There was lots of devastation. But there was this one African-American guy that couldn't even, you know, really read. And um, he he had a lazy eye, too, I believe. And, you know, would be like the least likely person that any human being could imagine God using in such a profound way. He hadn't even been baptized. He had not even experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit himself. But when he put in scripture, heart burned for that manifestation to happen in his day. And he began going around preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having long, long, long prayer sessions waiting for the fire to fall um, again on his generation. And that is really why a lot of us are here today. You know, have you thought that in the charismatic, you know, community, like the church, like so much fruit came out of that one outpouring and he, it, it, he, and he was the one that coined this phrase that an empty altar fire And on an altar, there's a slain animal, <laughs> you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's flesh, dead flesh on an altar. And I feel like, um, for some of us, we just need to even daily be asking the Lord, search me and know me, you know, yeah. reveal any wicked way in me. Like, mm -hmm. will you get rid of me? Will you burn away my flesh, uh, that stands at enmity? with the spirit, because that's what the Bible says. The carnal mind or the fleshly mind is at enmity with the things of the spirit. And would you cleanse me from self-centeredness so that I can live from the center of your heart and be the center of, you know, be the apple of your eye and the center of your gaze, Father. Um, and then just invite the Lord to, um, show you where it is that you're called. Mm. You know, all of us have a part to play in this. And for those of us that are hearing this message today, this is awesome because God's actually giving us a front row seat and he's giving us an opportunity to be the forerunners of this, you know, army of volunteers and he's giving us a jump start on what he's wanting to release in the months to come. And so I feel like we're also 
For many people, this might be leading up into September and Rosh Hashanah, where God is closing the old books and he's opening up for many of us that this might be the place where we're going before the Lord and we're asking for blueprints. We're asking God, okay, like show me where I need to die to myself. Show me what I need to give up um, of me so that I can have all of you. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now back to the show. Uh, show me where I need to repent, where I tried to fit you into my agenda instead of living fully sold out to this wonderful gospel. Mm. Um, and then Lord, what, where are you calling to volunteer? What gifts and talents do I have? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Mm. What talents that I have that I can contribute to this book of Acts for the millennial generation? You know, how can I serve? God, um, you know, and I, and I believe, or what is it that you're calling me to build for some of us? It's actually that God is calling us to build something, you know, um, he, right now he's calling me to build this, uh, this women's movement and he's calling me to build, creating an infrastructure for, uh, healing women who are post-abortive. And uh, that means that I've had to lay down that he had previous, previously called me to so that I can focus my full attention on this thing that he's calling me to do. <clears throat> and for some of you, that might be it too. It might be that, you know, every time we say yes to one thing, we're ultimately. And so I feel like there might be somebody where you have, you've made previous agreements with one thing or helping another ministry or something with one thing or, you know, whatever it is. And you know that the Lord is calling you to release that um, because he's, he's given you another assignment. There's no shame in going and telling that other person or that other ministry or whatever, like, I love you. I honor you. I believe in you. Um, and I'm going to fulfill you know, as much of this bargain as I can, but God is leading me in another direction and I have to follow the spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, cause ultimately it's, we have to answer to him, not to another person. And so, and that can be really challenging for people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Jeff, do you have well, anything to add to that? I no, Um, I actually don't. I think honestly, I think you should just jump into praying praying for people about this because I feel like that's a great launching off point because there's, I guess I do have something to add to it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, I, I think that, I mean, it does, does cost something. And I, I mean, I know I've been kind of going through the same thing of just looking at, at my life and, and, and seeing, cause I've been reading through the book of Acts and I think it's impossible to not look at their life and your life and go, what are some areas that I can change to be more like this, uh, to give more, to, 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 um, to serve? Where am I? Are there some more areas that I'm supposed to serve? Uh, because 
honestly, it's never like one of those. Some people may look at it and go, well, you are serving. You're doing this. Yes, I am. But it, we should never stop ourselves in one place and allow ourselves to get comfortable. I just don't like doing that. I think um, I, I went through a season where I did that and it was the worst, honestly. So um, I think there's always more because we aren't we are we are we are being made perfect it's a process of being made perfect but there's always more way more things we can give away more things that we can do to to sacrifice and 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 be conformed to his image i think there's always more areas that we can do that so yeah i i'm just I, that's what i was processing through what you were talking <laughs> so yeah and it Guys, I also want to alleviate. So look, this is something that like, this is initiated by the Holy Spirit, but we have to say yes to it. And the other thing, when it comes to mixture and compromise, it's yes, like we have to address things on an individual basis. But what a lot of believers don't realize is that when God looks at us, he looks at us from a camp perspective. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that when we look at the Israelites in the Old Testament, they all, every, in every battle that they had, whenever sin entered the camp, God looked at them as a company of people, one person sinned. Does that make sense? So if there is any mixture, if there is any compromise in the body of Christ, those who are part of the true church, okay? then that means that it is going to affect the whole lump. And so this is why teaching is so important. This is why us being uh, committed to unity and praying for the unity of the saints is so important because as people, as you know, prophetic anointed teachers teach, it breaks off ignorance and it causes people to repent or change the way they think and turn back to God so that they can get the mixture and they can get the compromise out of their life. Mm. Right. And I really feel like too, that we're in a season where because the prophetic and the charismatic movement has been so emphasized the last two years, there's been like this wild in like resurgence of the prophetic movement and the prophetic voice and prophetic encounters, it's super important for anointed fivefold teachers to start rising up and to start preaching the word of God so that we all, we all don't start getting weird. Okay. Um, because prophetic encounters, they all have to be based in the Bible. <laughs> like he's not going to go outside of his word. And for many of us, prophetic voices, myself included, um, some of the prophetic encounters that I have, they're totally metaphorical and all of them are translated through my soul, through my mind, my will, my emotions. And so that doesn't make them like it, it, it we have to be careful that one, our souls are pure and that two, we're really evaluating the experiences that we have. And three, that the messages that we teach are all rooted in the Bible um, to give people yes. a good baseline so that we're balanced. Yes. Times yeah. A so thousand. we're balanced. Like yes. my husband, he keeps me balanced. 
like spirit and truth like it's a double-edged sword right <laughs> like spirit and truth so mm-hmm. i'm throwing that out there too but um the mm-hmm. bible is still relevant guys and it is still 100 percent the word of god yeah um, and i always like to say there are two different types of people there are the there are balloons uh helium filled balloons and there are rocks and i think that it's important for the balloons to be tethered to the rocks um it, it, you know and it's like and then obviously for the rocks, it's a reminder that because they're tethered to the balloon person, there's, oh yeah, there's more to it than just what I see. There's there there's other facets. And so I think that there's some people who are a little bit more in tune to the spirit and I, I call them spirit surfers, you know, just so you're, you're, it's easier for you to grasp a hold of those things, but it is also important to look at the the rocks what who are the rocks in our lives you know and then for the rocks going where are the balloons we need to be tethered together um so yeah that's a perfect example between you and david the the rock and the balloon <laughs> so yes. yeah or totally, kite, totally. like, or kite. yeah yeah okay so. no i actually the hot air balloon is usually the one that i get a lot and um yeah, that's very true. And and David does totally anchor me. And when mm. I have questions or I've experienced something that I need context for, I go to David and David mm. is the one he's like, oh, yeah, you know, um, and he looks in or and sometimes he'll actually confirm things that I experienced or he'll give me a lot more context uh, biblically and, uh, to, to what I experienced. And, um, that's super, super important. And, you know, honestly, like, I think too, maybe sometimes why there are people that don't have like the really wild, extravagant prophetic encounters or whatever is sometimes because they are a different part of the fivefold ministry anointing. And, um, we all need each other, right? Like, we all have gifts. We all have talents. We all contribute to the welfare of the common good in the body of Christ. If it gets in, if it's in one member of the body, then it's in the other. And somehow there's this crazy thing about like unity with God where, you know, he's in me and I'm in him and you're in him. And somehow we're all one. Yeah. It's, really that's, kind of mind yeah, blowing like so mm-hmm. we're so if i'm taking these trips and then somehow quickly or quantumly spiritually you've taken the trip with me yeah i don't I even have any i'm gonna be honest i don't even have a gauge for that so i'm gonna need further revelation on just like because i believe i mean I, I it's not that i don't believe you i i i want further revelation of that because that like that when I really sit there and think about that, because I've heard other people say that too, I'm like, my my poor brain. <laughs> you know? So yeah, that's it's it's crazy, yeah. man. Like, yeah, I just don't even it is. And it all I think that, you know, really the big thing for the body of Christ is that we all need to viewed in our minds by the word. And it's mm-hmm. by the word, the rhema you know, the freshly Mm -hmm. spoken prophetic word of God and also by the written word of God. And, 
that's how we're transformed into his image. And I also believe that a lot of deliverance would happen naturally for people if they understood the word of God and they the Holy Spirit helping them to interpret things. Because as we read the word of God, we come out of agreement with darkness. That's when we have fellowship with the light and we're cleansed from all unrighteousness. And demons Mm -hmm. really get legality when we have some kind of agreement with them. And the nature of ignorance, the Jews understood darkness as ignorance and they understood light as revelation or things that wouldn't uh, understanding and wisdom that could not be revealed to them except for by God. And so to walk in light, to walk in his wisdom and his knowledge and in his word, who he is and knowing who we are because we live in him. And coming out of agreement with any kind of, I'll tell you honestly, I don't deal with much spiritual warfare anymore at all, but I recognize that when I am going through spiritual warfare, a lot of times it is because I have, I am ignorant of some area of my life that I have made an agreement with the enemy. Mm. Jesus had authority over all the words darkness um, because he had no agreement with them, right? And so if we are constantly going before the Lord and saying, make me look like you, help me look like you, like, I don't want to have any agreement with, you know, anything with the enemy. It's, it's all based on lies, Mm -hmm. right? Then God will constantly be revealing those things to us and then speaking truth into us. That's things like with, with my book, um, Unbreakable Embrace, a lot of it is about specifically dealing with lies in regards to our, our identity. Mm-hmm. And I still read it every that We'll sit and listen to Holy Spirit and ask him which day we're supposed to read now. And we'll read it over each other and decree the decrees because I need reminded every day. There's stuff I wrote in that book, like totally prophetically inspired that I... <laughs> shocked when i go back and i read it myself like, i like, wrote oh that goodness, Whoa. I yeah. yes i'm serious i was like man i got i rebuked myself the other day wow not even kidding and my own book got rebuked i was wow. like i repent lord <laughs> forgive yeah. me so yeah mm-hmm. so guys i'm just gonna pray for all of us i have to yeah. answer my own altar calls <laughs> is that all right yeah yes lord we just love you jesus we just thank you so much you are so amazing you are the gift you are everything that our souls have been longing for and father i just thank you so much that whatever you reveal you heal and just right now god we just come before you and wherever we have had any agreement with the enemy wherever we have been operating outside of our identity in Christ, uh, we just ask for your forgiveness. And we just thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive our sins as we confess them. And Lord, we also want to change our minds. We want to turn away from that belief system and we want to turn to you, God. We want to have God thoughts. We want to think the way that you think. Um, And we want to live the kind of life that Jesus lived. 
when he was here on earth because you modeled how to be a dearly beloved child of God living on earth in a dark and evil generation, God. And, um, and Lord, also, we just ask right now for your Holy Spirit to just come and reveal to us the areas where we need to lay down our lives again. For some of us, God, maybe never even knew that, you know, this Christian thing was a life in exchange for a life, not adding your life, but really giving up our life, our will, the same way that you gave up your will and your life in the Garden of Gethsemane and us. And Lord, we just offer you a fresh, just a fresh surrender, a fresh death to self. We lay our lives out on the altar and we just ask for your fire to fall. Lord, I ask for a baptism of the spirit of adoption to just fall on every single listener myself included. God, I want to know that I'm your little girl that you love. I want to live from your love, Lord. And God, I thank you that even now your Holy Spirit is healing people. It's setting people free. That you are commissioning people. And I just, I feel some of you that are listening right now, you're feeling heat on your shoulders. And um, that is a new mantle that God is putting on you. Military coat. He's putting a military coat on you to be of service in his end time volunteer army. And I feel for some of you, you know, there's things in your heart that um, you've just thought, wow, God, I would love to be able to do this for you. You know, for some people, it might be starting a food pantry or like feeding the poor. For some of you, it might be, you know, totally giving your life to street evangelism and like praying for people on the streets. For some of you, it might be learning how to play an instrument and giving your lives to, to worshiping God. For others of you, it might be about foster care or adoption, right? Like it could be anything, but God has put these stirrings in your heart and these longings in your heart. And you've just been waiting for permission. And I just hear the Lord say, child, you have my permission. Those are my dreams that I placed inside of your heart for this generation. My desire for you to walk into those things that I have put inside of you. And as you step out in faith, my anointing is going to fall on you. Mm -hmm. And there is going to be grace for you to accomplish the things that I have called you to do. I had planned and destined for your acts, your works, the good things that you would do on earth for heaven long ago. And it is all written in the book that I have over your life. I am the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of your faith.
And I hear him say, child, I am opening up your scroll to you. Even in the months ahead, I am going to give you strategic prophetic insight into your destiny scroll. I am removing distractions, says the Lord. The things that have come in that have tried to get you off course, to veer you in another direction, or to occupy your time so that you cannot listen to my voice, I am removing right now, says the Lord. I am releasing a clarity, a vision. I am releasing an anointing for you to focus. And I am making space for you to hear my voice. Builders, prepare to receive your blueprint as the Lord. Write down the vision and make it plain so that those that I call around you can run with it as well, says the Lord. And you don't have to wait for funding from a man because the storehouses of heaven are your resource and your provision. And I hear the Lord say that even in time of recession, that God is going to supernaturally fund kingdom organizations, kingdom businesses. Wow. Ministries, the specific things that God is calling his ecclesia to build in this season, regardless of recession, we are going to be funded. The same way that for many of us, our ministries were launched during the pandemic. When we lost our natural jobs, the Lord says that even in this recession, you are going to find supernatural provision for the vision that I give you in the days to come. Do not look to man. Do not look to kings. Do not look to governments. Look to me, says the Lord. For I did not come to establish a political party. I came to establish a kingdom of kings and priests that will establish my dominion on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord says that there are even some of you, you've been having health problems. You've been having issues in your body, chronic fatigue syndrome, and even like um, chronic inflammation where your brain is cloudy and you have a really hard time thinking or focusing on anything for too long. And he is actually releasing an anointing. He's healing that right now. He is dealing with chronic inflammation uh, at the very root. And he's blown away the, the fog of war that you have been stooped in. I see for some of you, you've just been inundated spiritual warfare. And even as I'm speaking right now, you feel the atmosphere around you beginning to shift. And it's because the Lord is actually 
snatching you up and he's bringing you back into the third warfare. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places in the third heavens, looking down. Warfare happens in the second heaven. You are seated above that in Christ in heavenly places. Wow. And I hear the Lord say, I am restoring joy to you. I'm restoring joy to you. And I am, I am even releasing a grace for the euphoria of heaven and the, and the pleasure of unity with God over your lives as you do the will of God. Wow. I just, I see people being like shot out of slingshots. And then I hear for others too, the Lord says that deliverance is at your door. Your deliverance is at the door. Thank you, Lord. He will never look a prophetic word when it is spoken. Everything that is required for that prophetic word to manifest in the earth realm is released the moment that it comes out of the prophet's mouth. Everything that God just spoke, all the resources were released with this word. And now it's your responsibility as the listeners to lay hold of that word and to walk it out with the Lord. Wow. People are getting, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the fire. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. You know, really guys, this is not so much about what we do for God. It's really about who we are to God. Mm-hmm. And that wrecks me every time. It's that we're his kids. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Uh, really quick, I see, I saw... <laughs> First is this giant slice of cake, like floating up above. Um, and then I, I looked down and I saw that it was a, somebody has a bakery or, or you make cakes or something like that. And it's on a really nice corner. It's in like a quaint area of like kind of Americana, sort of like a downtown strip. And yours is right in the on the corner. So you've got a nice view of the area, but you're not you're not noticing that you're so focused on, I want my business to, to succeed. I want, I want people to try these cakes or, or, or baked goods, whatever it is. And you've made, you've made the, the, the thing you made the thing, um, your focus when mm. you can't even enjoy, I guess, uh, the forest for the trees. Um, and I just heard, uh, serve, serve your employees, serve those that mm. are around you and all, and it's not that the things that you're worrying about aren't things that you should be attentive to, but, but I just, I, I hear the Lord saying like, enjoy it, it, like, like 
God wants to reinstill joy into you again. Mm. But it's not about the thing. It's about the people. And it's about it's about God who opened this door for you to be able to do what you're doing. And and maybe you need a little bit uh, of a reinvigoration. Man, I'm like really hot right now. Um, you need a reinvigoration of 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 joy and and why you're doing this and that it's it's that god gave you this gift and um and so lord i just ask that you would just um god just do whatever you're 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 gonna do in this person um that uh, god that you would just reinvigorate them with a joy of of baking and a joy of the employees that are around them um and maybe they've been had moments where they haven't been super nice to their employees uh, cause they're stressed and you want us to give those burdens to you, uh, that there's nothing that's too big for you to carry. And so Lord, I just speak life into this person. Uh, I speak joy into this person in Jesus name. So good. So I just like, I feel to add to that, um, that yeah, the Lord wants to, to celebrate this person too. He wants you like there, like in this bakery, God wants there to be an atmosphere of celebration uh, mm -hmm. because he celebrates you constantly. And there are people that need to be celebrated that have never been celebrated. Um, my mom, so she used to, she worked at a boy's home, like a um, halfway house for teenage boys. And what she realized was many of them didn't have moms or they didn't have dads and they hadn't had their birthday celebrated um, in years. And it broke her heart. And my mom loved to bake. So she would always make us, she had six of us kids, she'd make six cakes at least a year on our birthdays. And it was a big deal. We all had our favorite cake and there was like a special thing around this. And so my mom gave her gift of baking cakes to these boys. And even years later, these kids then are now like adults. They're grown men now. And I'll run into them. And the first thing they say is, I'll never forget that your mom always made me a cake. You know, she always made me feel special on my birthday and that impacted me because I had never had a birthday cake, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe that's like a key for you is that like, find people that God's highlighting that needs celebrated. One of the things that the Lord told me when I opened my salon, um, and I was asking him how to be successful at business, he said, um, I actually went into a vision where I was doing his hair. And he said, if you will serve people the same way that you would take special care in serving me, then the prophet will follow. So the prophet is telling you today, guys, that if you focus on the people and on serving and loving the people, then the prophit will come. The mm. money will follow as you focus sure. on people. That's really good. Um, and that's really mm. what makes all of it worth it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just bless you. I see you having birthday parties, like, and making an atmosphere of celebration, um, for widows and, and orphans and single moms and homeless people, <laughs> you know, wow, that would be so much fun. I want to buy a cake now and go feed people <laughs> or eat it yourself. <laughs> or eat it my mom too. This is another fun story. So I have, um, 
I guess, an anointing when God puts it on me to uh, heal infertility. And um, that actually was passed down by my mom. She would make bread and her bread recipe, like you can't duplicate it because it was all prophetic, right? So like Mm. she'd spend hours praying over it and like even like the dashes of salt that she used, like the numbers were all prophetic Mm. and she would make it specifically and pray in the spirit over it the entire time for women who were having a hard time getting pregnant. And then Mm. she would give the loaf to the, to the, the couple and they would eat it and they'd get pregnant like every time Mm. I can only think of one time that it didn't work. And, um, I didn't know that until I had already started. Like, I mean, I knew she did that, but I didn't know what kind of grace was on her to do that. Mm. And so maybe if you're a baker or any of you that cook, like pray over your food, like put Jesus in it. He's the secret Mm. ingredient in everything. And, you know, pray for miracles. Maybe if you work at a restaurant and you're a server or something and like you don't have the freedom to be able to pray over people at the table, but you recognize that they need prayer for something, pray over their food, bless their food. There are so many different ways that that we can actually be of service and we can incorporate the supernatural into the natural. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Jeff, we went really long. I'm sorry. Hey, man. Well, it's all good. It's it is what it is. People can pause it if they need to, you know. Yeah. Um uh okay, so um how can people follow you? What's up? What's on the, you know, you got stuff on the horizon. Oh stuff. yeah. So I have things going on in my life. Um, I get caught up in the glory and forgot. So yes, so I will be in outside of Dallas, Texas next month under the tent. And I'm pretty excited about this event. Um, you can go to KristaElisha.com forward slash events to see how to register there. It's the unity and freedom revival. And, um, I'm going to be speaking on, I think it's Saturday night. It's, uh, it's going to be a big deal. They're going to have some really cool speakers there. There's going to be some people that are recognized from um, the Reawaken America tour and then people like me that are just revivalists. And um, then also, I want you guys, all of you that are patriots, people that love your country, please do me a huge favor. Well, I can't mention it here on the live because we have to be careful, but um, I would really appreciate it if you would go to my website and you would sign up to be uh, on my email list. So you can just go straight to the page. If you've uh, never read my book, there's like a free download for the book, sign up for my email list that way, or scroll down to the bottom. It says, join our tribe. Um, I'm going to be sending out an email blast here soon. That um, is some information that I found out from my friend, Janet Porter, who actually penned the heartbeat bill, um, who, which is literally the, the legislation that is creating um sanctuaries of life for the unborn in different states, big one being Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But she's also involved in some other 
um, things in government right now and as far as integrity of certain things. And she gave me some information to pass along to my audience so that you guys are all informed. And I'm going to be releasing that in an email blast. And it's super important for the future of our country that you're educated about this mm -hmm. and that you actually stand up and do something because if we don't, then we might not ever have another free and fair election. Yeah. You guys catch the drift. Go for my and subscribe email. to the newsletter. Yes. And you, the yeah. fire sent straight to your inbox, man. It's there you great. Go. Yeah. So go to her website. Your website is KristaElisha.com yes. and they can sign up for the newsletter mm -hmm. and they can be informed. I know all the other stuff there. Yeah. And all that That's other it. good stuff you got. And we got all the links in the description for other stuff too, like her merch, her book, all that kind of stuff. My new mentoring class that I'm launching in September. Oh, that I didn't That's mention. Cool. Open well, enrollment. Now. I'm mentioning it now. So um, it is called Elisha's Mantle Mentoring. And it's just going to be completely prophetically inspired messages. Literally whatever God is giving me from week to week. And it's going to... I'm really excited about it because my heart for this is just to raise up other revivalists and to lead people into the same intimacy that I have with Jesus. Because if you know how to be intimate with him and you know who you are in him, then everything else will follow. Um, so we're just going to see what Jesus says. And that's what we're going to do. Come on. And I'm going to have live Q and A's and it's, it's going to be neat. So um, that's $26 a month and you can go to my website and go to the arise tab and it's the sign up for that is like right there in the little box. Yeah. Um, super easy to find Krista. Thank you so much. This was great. I don't really care that it went long. Cause like I said, people can just pause it if they have to, you know, it's not that true. big of a deal. So be blessed everybody. We love you. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.